got a feeling you're ready to cut one loose this uh, Friday night, Duke. You like that song? That's one of your go-tos on Friday. On Fridays, yeah, yeah, I love that song. It's I love like uh, the Great Big C yeah. uh, feature in there with a good Canadian kid, Dean Brody, as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows how much I love my country music, and it's just that I'll tell you what I really like about that. The one line it's uh, I like my job, but I love my friends. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just have a feeling. That you, are you going to Delburn tonight? Is there a game? No, no. Th- this weekend, uh, the boys, the senior outlaws, in Provost tonight Ooh. to take on the Combines. Um, so I will uh, take the weekend off from traveling. Obviously, been doing a lot of running back and forth over the holidays. Uh, extended family Christmases mm. in December, senior outlaw games, etc. So I'm just going to kind of rest, relax, watch some football, and not really do too much of anything this weekend. It's the Provost Combines? That's the team name? That's the team name out there, yeah. And is there a reason? Because I have another story on that. Is there a reason they call them? Well, at Provost, uh, one of the largest uh, agriculture communities of the province. I get Uh, that. Great land out there. Why they they name the team that, I don't know. They're one of the best teams in the Mm -hmm. league every year. Uh, tend to usually run rough shot over uh, (laughs) my poor senior outlaws. But uh, we got a home-and-home with them uh, in Provost this Friday. Uh, at home at the Agriplex next Friday. So in southeast Saskatchewan, there is a team called the Arcola Kisby Combines. But the reason they named them that is because they combined the two centers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I thought it might be provost with another. Well, here's the thing, because one of the, like, out um, in that neck of the woods, but it's closer to Irma, between Irma and Hardesty, is Grattan Cooley Tractor Parts. Which uh, like a uh, used like trying to pick and pull basically for farm equipment. Right out on the highway is this combine like up on a pedestal, mm-hmm. and my my dad always calls it the flying combine. Yeah. Um, so you would think that like that would be a better name, like the combines would be a better name for say Irma or Hardest. Hardesty doesn't have a team in the league, but yeah. um, but no, the Provost Combines. I have to assume is just because of the the agriculture part of the area. But the Irma Aces, Irma Aces, very uh, renowned franchise out there. Text coming in, one 401 There's also a combine on the way home to Saskatchewan. I think it's somewhere near Elfrost as well, That when we were talking about the Alphabet Highway, which yeah, Elfrost yeah. is not on the Alphabet not Highway. Okay, but anyway, there's a, the, the flying combine. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Greg, the Ryder fan, and this was a good one because we were talking about Eddie Steele playing with Mindari Wall, <laughs> and this was Eddie, and Eddie goes, I can say this, man. So anyway, Greg, the Ryder fan, has this. I found Eddie's comments hilarious. In 2005, there was a rally for the riders at the Mayfield when they were here in the fall. There was a bus from the Mayfield to the game and back. One of our group did not make the bus. He happened to be painted green from head to toe. When he tried to hail a cab, the Southeast Asian driver said, you can't get in my cab, you're colored. <laughs> so, and uh, Eddie... Because, I mean, I think uh, most, uh, most, especially double E fans knows, there's a big difference between rider green... Oh. And uh, and elks or Eskimo greens. So. You know, there it's a massive, yeah, massive difference. And it's hard to say. I, I I'll be honest. I think there are more rider fans that paint their faces green. I think that's well. Safe the rider to say. rider fans are bananas. You know, that's what they do. They're all out. The watermelons. Yeah. You know, and the riders capitalized on that a lot with their marketing. Years ago, I think it's kind of fallen off. I was going to say, do as many Pilsner guys boxes. do the, uh, the watermelons on their heads anymore? Well, they have their custom-made ones now. They don't just... I, I think fewer and fewer fewer Ryder fans 
buy the watermelons and then oh. I'll, I'll be honest a lot of them would have what they would have done in years past so you you buy the watermelon you take the core out not the core you make a hole right and then you pour about a 26 of vodka yes, in there and then you eat it then you eat the you know and you would do that the day before the game bring it to the tailgate bring it to the well whatever wherever the party is so yeah. then you slice her up you got to keep turning the watermelon you put the cork back in because you want to have that vodka to distribute evenly in yes, the watermelon yes yes of course so then you would what you would do is you would slice her up eat it and then cut it off and then use your the, the, the rinds as the head yeah but now what they ended up doing is making specific custom-made ones that aren't really you know obviously they're, they're not real made out of plastic or whatever they are yeah, that's not quite as fun. No, I mean, especially with the the especially what leads up vodka, to it. Yes. Right? Yeah, uh, the bronze medal game. Just to update that, Czech comes back and wins it by a score of eight to five. Now, near as we can tell, it was five five late in the third period, and Czech scored to make it five five with about two minutes left. And again, we're just kind of going off the fly. We're going on a lot of sources here, and we've had a lot of other things on the go. But then very quickly, 15 seconds later, scored to make it 6-5, and then a couple of late goals, empty netters it would be to make it an 8-5 final. And it will be nice to talk to Laddie Schmid about Czech beating Finland 8-5. Laddie will be back in the chair next Thursday in Vancouver right now with his under-15 team at a tournament in Vancouver. So Czech wins it 8-5 over Finland. A little bit later, coming up in, oh, about an hour and a half, the gold medal game between Sweden and the United States. The Americans, I mean, it was 2 nothing Finland, although the USA did have, they had the balance of the play for even before when it was 2 nothing. Came back, tied it at two, and then scored a late goal. And again, it was a power play goal. I got home in time to watch uh, a little bit of that game, Duke, at the very end. Finland was not happy. The The Finns were upset with the, it was about five minutes left. Uh, it was a hooking call. And then, you know, it was an even up call. Finland got an even up call to go on a, a power play yet later after that to make it, when they made it 3-2, the Americans did. Finland had a chance to tie it on a power play. It was a makeup call, uh, failed to do it. So uh, tough one for the Finns, but, and they end up losing in the bronze medal game. Who do you like? Uh, Sweden on home ice. Swedes 10 years ago won in overtime, I believe. And it was a goal. I can't remember who the goal was by now. It was an overtime game. And, oh, man, why can I not remember? Overtime goal in Calgary. And it was Mika Zibanejad scored uh, 11, no, 12 years ago. So that was the the goal that gave the F- Swedes the gold medal. In uh, 2012 in Calgary. That's the last time Sweden won a gold medal. Hmm. Seems like forever ago. Uh, Texts 1-833-401-1440. Boys, did you know there are only two kinds of fans? Rider fans and those who want to be. Glenn, the Combine Rider. Bone says the long bar in Arcola is one of my favorite spots for a cold one. Is that on the alphabet highway? No, that's way. Well, okay. There are many alphabet highways across the prairies because that's how the railway was built. So what happened was they would take a point and it could be, let's just say if it's Edmonton on the main line, figure it out where it is. And Edmonton might be a bad choice, but then what the, the, the people would do that were building the railway would go, 
okay, here's point A, B, C, D, E, F, mm. and they just name the towns after that, whatever the town would be. Interesting. Like, yeah, and I mean, there are quite a few of them, and they're not, they're all over, I mean, Saskatchewan, Alberta, I don't, I'm assuming Manitoba has some of them, but if you... If you check the... I mean, so you just like find a railway line and kind of follow it and see if you can see some... Uh, well, and the, the thing is a lot of the towns have died, right? Because all the towns... These, this is a hundred and some years ago, right? Good point. So a lot of the towns... There are many alphabet highways, <laughs> according to the interweb. The, this is what the internet tells us? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I got to get a new life. Uh... <laughs> Claire Hannah coming up at 1020. Did you know she was a top world-class volleyball player? I did, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, Claire's uh, done a great job with uh, her coverage of the Senators. Um, but, I mean, she she was at Edmonton, correct, mm-hmm. uh, a number of years ago. I think did some work with Struddy, actually. So. It, was, it was on uh, back on eight, not a, um, City TV. Yeah, I'll take I your think, word for yeah. it. Struddy was on that show there on City TV. and Breakfast uh, television? Uh, you know... I don't know. I told him because we, we, I hated to tell him this and he wasn't too happy when I told him. But of course, back in the day, you, in TV, you can get the ratings right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, like you need 0. 0.01 to register. Like if you get a 1.0 is, let's just say, okay, uh, the six o'clock news might get, uh, now it's probably down to a three, three and a half. In the heyday, some nights it gets a seven and a half, the local news, okay. if it's a busy night. A slower day might be three and a half or something like that. The morning news might get like a one point something. Evening news might get something like that. Then, but you need point zero one to register. And unfortunately, Struddy wasn't registering. Oof. Well, and you, you're the one that had to break had that to news break, to him? I had to break that to Struddy. He, uh, he could have just lived in ignorance he, forever. He, he was devastated. I, understandably so. I he would was be just, too. Well, I mean, he, you know what? And he hasn't responded about coming on to play in the media game against the alumni. Well, if there's one thing we know, in, uh, or at least I know in my very brief time of knowing mm-hmm. Jason Strudwick, um, sometimes his phone and messages coming into it, not always of the ah. highest priority. He's kind of, he's a, he's a man on the go, man about town. Like, what was that? That was a, that was a lot of weeks ago. It was after Gregor did his live show at the Ice House. And I remember I texted Struddy in the middle of the afternoon because I talked to him earlier this fall and he said, uh, yeah, like I'm always on the ice, yada, yada. Friday mornings though, I could do like post-Oiler game hits Friday mornings. So I said, I was like, hey, Struddy, you want to come on tomorrow morning? He texted me back. We were on the air at like 10 o'clock the next morning. He's like, sorry, yeah, I can't do it. I'm too busy. <laughs> so so w- whenever you texted him, um, give him like a full 48 hours response time. So I'm going to, this isn't going to be a Tim Peel, Mark Spector thing here, but Strutty was texting me over the holidays. Okay. And I'm just going to, I'll, I'll just do a quick little sort of ad lib. You know, happy new year, he says. And, and hope you haven't been using the good weather as a time to walk through the neighborhood without a shirt, because this goes back years ago. This is what you do. Well, I would be running, I'd run around the neighborhood shirtless, you know. Yeah, a little treat for the neighbors. Well, that's what I said. So I come back to him and I say, uh, yes, happy new year to you as well, Strutty. I was taking down the Christmas decorations, actually shirtless. And I said it would cause a traffic jam on 80th <laughs> Avenue between women, for women between 25 and 45. Your target demographic. Well, exactly. And then he says, yeah, ha ha, lots of rubbernecking. <laughs> oh. 
Tiger sends this one. Hey, Kelvin, how many halves did you have? Halves of what? I don't know. And also halves? I have no, and Kelvin, I love when he Well, he always Tiger. calls you Kelvin. I, Not, I think it might be on purpose now. I know it's on purpose, yeah. But, yeah, well, no, we had, there is other ones with Kevin mixed in here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, when we come back, we will check in with Claire Hanna from TSN. <laughs> Tiger says, no, half slack in your ratings that you have? What? I, I don't. Tiger, you know, <laughs> whatever you're sending, you got to... Clarity. It's Clarity just above you're speed. out. You're out there, man. Like just Clarity above speed. Whatever you're to trying to come through and say or text. Yeah, Tiger's on a little bit of a hiatus now. Uh, when we come back, Claire Hanna, TSN, and our puck report coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to your local store about their financing options. You can learn more at fountaintire.com as we welcome in Claire Hanna from TSN. Claire, good morning. Welcome to Sports 1440. And have you really done anything with your life since 2008, 2009, when you were the Canada West Libero of the Year? Kevin, you're bringing up something like I barely remember. That was such a long time ago. (laughs) Oh, but man, it was such a good time. I mean, you were one of the top volleyball players in Canada, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people know that. So I'm just trying to give you a little, little kudos and cred. But you must, uh, it was a great time. I mean, you guys, did you win two, three national titles? Uh, three, yeah, yeah, three in a row for me. And then when I left, they continued to go on their rampage. So I think oh. they won six in a row. Um, and then they might have lost a final, but mm. they won last year. I don't know. UBC is amazing. Mm-hmm. They're great. We won one of our national championships, actually my last one, in Edmonton. Um, it was at, not the Butter Dome, but whatever the the gym next to the Butter Dome was. And it doesn't even exist anymore. It's oh. so sad. So we closed that place out. Yeah, so, uh, you know, people used to go from Claire Drake Arena, as you know, then they would go over yeah. to the gym and either watch basketball, volleyball. The Duke did that all the yeah, time. Yeah, that was the gym. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And, we would warm up in Claire Drake. Mm-hmm. We would have to do, like, laps around the arena, and it was so cold, but it was the best way to warm up. And then we'd run back to the gym anyways. But, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the gym now that they play at. You take the, the LRT to get there. Sa- Savile Center. It's really nice. Yeah, Sa- yeah Savile, Savile Center. Center. Yeah, I never... I never played there, but um, besides co-ed and some rec volleyball when I was working for dinner television in Edmonton. But um, yeah, that Savile Center is really nice. It's just a phenomenal facility and really fun to watch the uh, University of Alberta play either basketball or volleyball there. Well, you did mention uh, the dinner television and a lot of that was with with Jason Strudwick, right? Yes. Oh Oh my gosh. He was my teammate. He was so fun to work with. We had a blast and I still keep in touch with him, and mm-hmm. now I work with one of his close friends, Jamie McLennan, so it's cool. We can pass around Struddy stories <laughs> on uh, in this side of Canada. What was it like working with Struddy? Like was, was that an hour show? I'm trying to think back, right? It was two hours. Okay. It actually went from five till seven. Right, yeah. Um, and, oh, well, he was awesome. We had, we had our cubicles kind of in a corner of the office. Um, and so we would just, we'd swap a lot of sports <laughs> stories. Um, I would, I would try to, you know, you know, share my volleyball stories and relate to his NHL stories, which were pretty different, but also 
always kind of had the same tune, but he was really a great teammate. He was really helpful. He was supportive. Um, when I moved to Edmonton, he didn't realize that I actually had some good high school friends in the city. And so he and his wife, Shona, mm-hmm. they invited me over for dinner just to make sure I felt like I was a part of the city. And I, I was like, I was so grateful to that just to you know, know that I had a teammate who wanted to make sure I was comfortable. You and would, so him, he and his family were just so great to me. And then I like, don't worry, I've, like, I've got some other friends here who are really tight. And he's like, oh, okay, good. You know, just just want to make sure I was taken care of. Uh, TSN's Claire Hanna with us on Sports 1440. Well, you, had, you carried the show because Strutty would have been doing absolutely zero prep work. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> you know what? He, he knew sports like the back of his hand. He would be, like, this was back when Chris Jones was the head coach mm-hmm. of the um, Edmonton team. Yes. And, you know, anyways, he was at practices a lot. He did a lot of prep work on the sports side of things. I will give him credit for that. But I definitely, um, with a poli-sci degree, I, I helped him with some of the government municipal topics. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> did, did you know you wanted to get into broadcasting right back, uh, back to the UBC days and kind of just uh, run us on your path and your journey to where you are now? Yeah, I was pretty interested in it. Um, I, I, but I was also open-minded at UBC. I wanted to explore a lot of things, and I thought law might be something I want to go into. I did actually did my master's in business at UBC while playing volleyball because at the time I was also playing Team Canada volleyball. So we got carding money, which meant um, if you were a national team athlete going to school in Canada, you got free tuition, and I wanted to take advantage of that. So that's when I did my master's. But what really pushed me to journalism was when I was at UBC, I felt that our team didn't get the coverage it deserved. And I think, you know, part of that is because we were like female athletes. And I'll I'll just say it straight up because we'd won our first national championship in 30 years in 2007. It was in Fredericton. And I remember coming back to UBC and looking at the student newspaper and we were Um, our story about winning nationals was on page six or seven or something. And the men's basketball team had won some just regular season game and they were on the front page. And I remember just being so ticked off at that. And so little things like that made me want to get into the, the journalism industry to try to give women more of a voice. So that's, that's really where it started. But I, I do a bit of writing for the newspaper at UBC. I did some radio stuff. I do some color commentary work um, for the men's volleyball team. So that's that's kind of the genesis of it. And then you went into Saskatchewan, correct? Yeah, well, I my first, like, I, want, I don't even know if I call it a job, but when I was in Calgary after I'd finished with the national team, um, I started volunteering for Shaw TV and just to get my foot in the door, try to get some reps. My first job was in Lloydminster. My second job was dinner television in Edmonton with Strudwick. And then my next job was in Global or Saskatoon with Global Television. Uh-huh. And then um, I went to CTV Regina. And that's where I started doing sidelines for uh, TSN for the riders' coverage. And that's really where um, I'd, I'd say things kind of started to take off. Yeah. Because when you start getting noticed by TSN, that's you know that was that was the first time I'd really done national sports coverage. Claire Hanna with us on Sports fourteen forty. Claire, we have so many mutual friends like Quinn Phillips, and they can go on and on. Mm. You had you had to yeah. you had to kind of hang around her for all these years. Just kind of holy smokes, that'd be tough on you. 
my gosh, Quinn's one of my best friends. And I'm, I, I was really um, sad when I heard that she was leaving Global because mm-hmm. I know that she has this great passion for sports. But I also think that we get to a certain point in life where we want to explore other things. And I know she really like loves working in the tourism mm-hmm. industry. And she actually, we both share a big passion for golf. And she came out to Ottawa last summer to watch the um, CP Women's Open, which was taking place at the Hunt Club here, and stayed with me. And um, we got some inside the ropes passes. <laughs> and uh, just she was following Nellie Corda around. That was her person. We did obviously a bit of Brooke Henderson, but at that point, Brooke had um, fallen off of the leaderboard. So. Yeah, but I adore Quinn, and uh, yeah, she's a really good friend. Uh, yeah, a really good friend for sure. She came in the studio a little while ago, a couple months ago, uh, and we I, I gave her the gears a little bit, and some of our listeners kind of thought I was being serious about it, so I don't know. It, we, we had a little laugh about it at the end. So, uh, Claire Hannah Okay, with let's a, not be too hard on her, but well, I will say her sports knowledge is, is incredible. Like, <laughs> what she can, like her statistical memory of players it's just it's so good and i call her often mm-hmm. if i need i don't know some tips on something some hockey teams in the west because i know she follows them really closely one time we, uh, well like her desk was across from mine for i don't know how many years and you know i'm i'm getting old in the tooth you know that so i, I sort of had a quick little <laughs> five minute cat nap and she caught me on her camera and she's taking a picture of me while i'm sleeping at the desk and <laughs> Yeah, I said you don't don't as, even as think one should. Yeah, yeah, as don't even should. think of putting that out there. Oh boy, Claire Hanna with us from uh, TSN in Ottawa. So, what's it been like for you in Ottawa doing some national stuff? But now, I guess focusing a lot on the Senators. What's it been like for you? Oh, I have I've loved it. This is a dream job. Um, you never know what a job is going to be like. You know, you can you talk to your boss who's hiring you and. You try to picture it and they tell you some of your roles, but until you're actually in it, it's hard to envision it. And it's better than I ever could have expected. I, I um, get a chance to report for most of my duties, but then I also do some hosting of our games on, um, with the Senators on TSN, which is neat because that's kind of flexing a different muscle. Um, but I love doing ringside reporting. I love doing the sidelines for the CFL. And then I've also gotten the opportunity to travel. I've gotten to do you know, coverage of Wimbledon, March Madness, the Men's World Hockey Championships. And then most recently this summer, I felt so lucky that I got to go to Australia to cover the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. Um, and then Christine Sinclair's last match in Vancouver. Those those were really bucket list items. And, I, you know, at the beginning of our conversation, I was telling you how it was really such a motivation of mine to get into journalism, to give women more of a platform. And so getting to do some of those things. And then most recently, PWHL's you know, <laughs> first game here, or second game, but Ottawa's first game here against Montreal earlier this week. It's just like, like I, I don't, I'll admit it, I cried probably seven times. <laughs> because it was just this emotional moment of, um, there's not that, that many opportunities for some athletes to, female athletes, mm-hmm. to continue their sport professionally. And so to watch somebody like Mary-Philippe Poulin, who is arguably the best female hockey player of all time, get to finally get paid to play what she's so good at doing and share that with her teammates. And I know there's still a long way to go, but getting to cover that, you know, there's there's nothing I want to do more justice. Like, I want to cover that league and, mm-hmm. and 
tell the stories the way they should be told so that um, those those women get the attention and coverage they deserve. You know, Claire, we had uh, Daniela Ponticelli on earlier in the show at 820 this morning. Uh, and Woo! of course, yeah. So it would, Good sassy girl. Yeah, exactly. Is is play by play something that you would like to maybe endeavor down the road? Yeah, I love doing play-by-play. I actually, I've only really dipped my toes into doing play-by-play for volleyball, and I've done it for CBC for the Olympics um, in Tokyo. I've done it for some um, world events for Volleyball Nations League, and I'm hoping to be part of um, the upcoming coverage of the Paris 24 Olympics, but we we don't have anything set there yet. So I I really love doing play-by-play. CBC asked me to do um, the Winter Olympics, and I did freestyle aerial skiing, which was way out of my comfort zone. (laughs) So that took a lot of prep just to make sure I was comfortable with the sport. And um, Deidre Dion, who was uh, an Olympic bronze medalist um, at Salt Lake City, she was my analyst. And so she really held my hand and gave me a lot of coaching along the way in the months leading up to it, which I was very grateful for. So I I do love doing play-by-play. But, you know, right now I'm just enjoying my job and where it's at because I feel like I've really hustled so hard and worked so hard to get here. And I just want to enjoy this moment now and kind of just soak this in rather than looking to what's next um, because I'm so satisfied. So maybe, maybe in a couple of years, maybe I try to flex a different muscle and try to do some play by play in different sports. But for right now, I'm happy where I'm at. <laughs> Claire Hanna, our guest on the Kevin Carey show on sports, 1440, 1030 in Edmonton Oilers take on the Ottawa senators tomorrow night. And boy, oh boy, Claire, you've seen this team uh, up front close and personal for all well, 35 games into the season while Ottawa's played less than anyone. But um what can you say with what's been going on with this franchise this season, both on and off the ice? Well, I think if we had the answer to that, then um, if somebody knew, then the Senators wouldn't be in this position. But it's been tumultuous. I'd say it's been a bit chaotic at times. There was so much hope and optimism coming into this season, given the fact that last year the Senators were six points out of the playoff spot. And you'd think they'd only get better in the off season. And that these players who, you know, I think about this youngish core, I say ish because some players, I don't know if you consider them young anymore, but Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla, Jake Sanderson, Thomas Shabbat, Drake Batherson, this, these players, you expect them to take a step forward. But at this point in the year, um, something's wrong because, They've had a GM change. They've had a coaching change. And those things take a while to take an effect because I kind of compare it to a ship. You, d- you might make these changes, but it takes a long time to see the effects. Like when you're driving a ship, you might turn the wheel, but it, it takes a long time for it to actually change direction. But I, I just so, I, you know, I'm not a fan of the auto sen- senators. I just cover them. Mm-hmm. But it's concerning because there's something missing. And I, I don't know what it is. Is that a desire. I think these players care and I see them pretty close knit in the locker room. Um, when they had a dip earlier this year, just before they went on the trip to, for the global series to Sweden, they were turning a bit of a corner and, um, or, or sorry, they, they weren't turning a corner, but they were still really united as a team. And I thought, okay, this is optimistic, but now and they, they kind of had a, a bit of a upswing in Sweden and, but they've been so up and down. And I, I just, I think that sometimes goaltending is the issue. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's defense. Sometimes it's not creating the right opportunities on net. Sometimes it's maybe not getting back for the forecheck, things like that. But I'm, 
I'm not sure what it is. And there needs to be something that really changes. And I think Jacques Martin might be trying to input some different systems into this team, but that's going to take a while for the players to pick up on. And, And as a coach, you know, how much do you change drastically at the beginning? But it's concerning, especially, you know, that Vancouver game where they gave up five goals in one period. Last night against Seattle, I think they played a little bit better, but there was about five minutes in the second period where they they took their foot off the gas pedal and the Kraken scored two goals. And, and those are the lessons I think the Senators need to figure out. They've got to play a full 60 minutes and that in the National Hockey League cannot let up against any team or else they're going to take advantage. Claire Hanna with us on Sports 1440. What about all the uh, stuff off the ice, Claire? You know, you lose a draft pick in the uh, dead on-off trade and Shane Pinto and, you know, the GM, the coach. How much is that like, you know, is the city just going, oh, what's going on here? New ownership, everything. What's the feeling like well, in the city? Yeah, it's impossible, I think, for those things not to affect a team and a fan base because – the Dadanov trade, when you lose a first-round pick, either 24, 25, or 26, they get to choose which, which year they give that up, that's a big deal. And the fan base is ticked off about that. That was what I heard was really the last straw for Pierre Dorian um, losing his, his position. Um, and then the Shane Pinto issue, being suspended for 41 games, that's a huge like a huge amount of games to miss for him in his development and where he is. And um, of course that's been tough on the team because Shane Pinto, he was one of, I think only six players who didn't miss any games last year with the Ottawa senators. And he was really consistent um, as a third line center, sometimes played up in the second line. And some of that consistency is what this team's missing, but I can tell the fan base at this point, after not making the playoffs for six straight seasons, and this year could turn into seven is, is just, you know, fed up because, and, and you know what, I know I'm preaching to a fan base that would understand this. You guys went through the decade of darkness and it's tough to want to continue supporting a team because you're always, it's that hope that keeps you going. When are we going to turn a corner? When are we going to get back into the playoffs? And, And you guys did it. And I know you've got some incredible players like, you know, Connor McDavid, Drysaddle, nurse all these players um but it it took a lot for you guys to get there and i don't know right now if ottawa has the same caliber of players that have the leadership to pull this team out of it and i'm not sure if steve steos michael anlauer now for example dave fulin who's joined the team um as a um, vp of player or a person pardon me vp of hockey operations Mm -hmm. uh, if they're going to make some big changes to this core coming up that's where i'm very curious about this because this core seems to have been together but is this core the one that's going to get it done do they need to deal away some some of these promising pieces to bring some leadership in um i think claude Giroux has been fantastic for the group in terms of leadership you know he's he's come from a team where he's been a captain where he's led them to playoff victories to, you know, you never won the Stanley cup, but 
um, I see how much the team respects him, but is he enough or do you need to bring more players in like that? I, I don't know, but this is a tough time to be an Ottawa Senator fan. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Claire, as we're guesting with uh, Claire Hanna from TSN on Sports 1440. We have a segment every day called In or Out, and one of the, the questions that the Duke put forward today was, will the Ottawa Senators trade one of their 25 and under core pieces uh, this season after you know having a rough start to the year? I mean, I, in my mind, I think Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk are never going any, aren't going anywhere. But would would you entertain? Would you see something like a Shabbat or a Norris moving moving out of Ottawa here in the next little bit? It's, yeah, it's a really good question, and I I kind of want to. You know how when the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, not last year, but the year before, when there was a lot of questions, will Kyle Dubas? you know, trade any of these big pieces away after another first round playoff exit. And he didn't he kept the core together. I, and then, and then last year, yes, they get through the first round of playoffs, but then they lose to the Florida Panthers who eventually go on to the Stanley cup final. I see this as possibly bring like, can you bring in some more leaders, but not shake up the core and just kind of, I don't want to call it a one-off, but say, okay, you guys like something needs to happen. You guys need to, you know, something like a shakeup needs to happen, but without affecting that core. And I don't know if I'm making sense mm-hmm. right now, but I almost think you give them, you give them another, like till the end of this season to see if there can be any kind of a turnaround. Um, because that's sort of what, what this fan base has really relied on is that hope of this core. And so to trade somebody out, might really ruffle a lot of feathers. But I'm not a GM. That's not what I'm paid to do. I'm not even an analyst. You know, I'm a reporter. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is just from seeing other teams and what they've done. This is, I, I think you kind of, this is what you stay with for now. I, I, I would be very hesitant to get rid of one of those big core players. Hey, Claire, thanks so much for your time today. Next year at this time, I would imagine you are going to be just jam-packed. It's going to be World Juniors in Ottawa. Yes, it will be. And I I hope I'm part of that coverage. I don't know. But um, if I'm not, I'll be in the city and hopefully I can be a fan. Oh. <laughs> and hopefully Canada makes a bit of a better run. But I do love when uh, we start seeing a bit more parity in the game and you start seeing other countries, um, you know, in the final. So it's mm-hmm. good. Claire, thanks so much for your time. And uh, hopefully you can maybe somehow get on the uh, circuit of maybe some, some sort of a, a senior, you know, professional women's volleyball is there such a circuit? Maybe you could. Nah, you, I think you, I've hung up my knee pads. Oh come on! I'm doing other things now: biking, cross country skiing. That's nah, okay. I would say you could. I, I don't understand why you're a libero anyway at six foot something. Uh, how about Quinn Phillips turns into the libero and you are like strong, strong outside hitter? How's that sound? I, I have a really bad vertical. That's why. <laughs> that's why I played a defensive position. So. <laughs> and Quinn Phillips can't jump. Yeah. Well, she's. That's, she, you remember all the time she'd have her knee wrapped? Oh, my knees sore, my knees well, I sore. I think she had a huge knee surgery, and I tore oh. my ACL the last time I played beach volleyball, so that's yeah. probably why I'm not playing so much anymore. Uh, I'm a I, Band-Aid now. Yeah, no, so much fun uh, spending some time with you. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Claire, for this. I appreciate it. Thanks for have having a, me. Have a great 2024, too. Yeah, happy new year, Kevin. That's uh, Claire Hanna from TSN and our puck report, and uh, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tires uh, helping you stay on the road and you can uh, check out FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Anytime a guy can get a little 
Just a, just a minor little job into Quinn Phillips. It's you'll, worth you'll, it. You'll never pass up that no. opportunity. Uh, I can't remember. Who was the guy that was – do you remember? Well, there, yeah, there I was, can't remember what texter it was that, yeah, was really giving you the gears thing and you were being way too mean to Quinn. <laughs> I think Quinn phoned me after or texted me and said that was just great. She and just, said, yeah, Kevin, you're too mean No, to me. she did not <laughs> say that. She said, if anything, she was meaner to me than she's ever been. But yeah. Obviously, as I've said, like when I remember one year, well, this was before, like, oh, I can't remember now. I was, uh, I put on the Santa suit, so it's a long time ago, but I went over to Rod and Debbie's and, uh, and uh, Quinn was there for, on Christmas morning. I went and slid over there and had a little quick hello and it was lots of fun. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? Well, I just, uh, like Christmas morning. Yeah, well, like we were making the full real, the well, full what real deal. Uh, what happened was we, I went to a senior's home on Christmas morning and went to a senior's home uh, in the Santa suit and handed out candy canes on Christmas morning. What a guy. Kevin Carius. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Model citizen. Um, Got to get this quick te- text in from Fat Efron. Uh, hey, Kay, I might have missed it, but did you talk to Connor McDavid yesterday about the artist you spoke to yesterday? Connor wasn't available to the media yesterday, but I did show the media staff about the picture. I showed them the picture. They were blown away by it. Uh, I would assume that, you know, that maybe down the road, if Connor, you know, and I ever kind of cross paths in the dressing room, we'll probably talk about it, but something like that. It's it's harder to do do that as well. You, you don't just say, hey, have a look at this and, and things like that. It's it's a different uh, different kind of setup. And some guys are made available to the media. Some guys aren't. Yesterday, uh, you know, Zach Hyman, uh, uh, Matthias Ekholm, and Stu Skinner were made available. So when we come back, we'll wrap things up on a Friday with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. You know, Duke, that just, it it makes my Friday. And I know it's the last segment, but it just, it really brings joy to my heart when I hear that song. It's it's the whole purpose of uh, of Feel Good Friday and Playlist Friday, whatever you want to call it. It's just a a song to send you into the weekend on a good note. And obviously with uh, you rolling out of here in uh, about 15 (laughs) minutes time, what better way than with your favorite jam? Um, You know what, Duke, I got a text from one of the members of our fantasy baseball league and i know we're going to be start talking about fantasy baseball and hopefully i can be a little more uh, competitive well i know i'll be more competitive useful how's that sound (laughs) in uh, fantasy baseball coming up because the season's you know it's getting closer anyway they were telling a story about in 1987 now do you remember david letterman jay leno okay yeah oh yeah letterman was on uh, every well, well, so I was on, but like we yeah. would watch it every Thursday night after Two and a Half Men. Dad and I would come in, we could finish chores, come in for milking, watch Two and a Half Men, mm-hmm. and then Letterman was on right it after. It was that. always, you were either a Letterman guy or a Leno guy. Yeah, and it was, I've heard that. Obviously, not as familiar with the. It, it's a similar thing to almost like, you know, not, not similar. It's, I always, Biggie and Tupac, West and East, like all, everyone a in rivalry. New York. Yeah. You're on one side you're or the, the other. You're the Eastern Seaboard, you were a Letterman guy. If you were in Hollywood, you were a Leno guy. Anyway. Back in the day, Billy Martin was on. Billy Martin was the old New York Yankees manager, was fired about 10 times by George Steinbrenner. <laughs> so Billy Martin was telling a story with uh, George, I believe George Steinbrenner was on with him, but telling a story about when he was hunting with the great Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin were hunting, and they went to this farmer's yard, 
and I thought of you when I saw this, and this is a true story, Duke. So they go to this farmer's, you know, corridor section or whatever, wherever they are in the Catskills of New York, wherever it was, and they decided that they were going to go hunting, and the farmer came up to Mickey Mantle and said, Mick, I got a problem here. We've got an old donkey, and he's on his last legs. I, My family, I can't. He's been like a pet to us. I don't have the heart to take him down. Will you please take down this donkey? Mickey goes, no problem. You've let us hunt here for all this time. But Mickey thinks he's going to play a trick on Billy Martin. He goes, he comes back, and he pretended he was upset. And he says, he goes, this, this son of a gun, he won't let us hunt on his land anymore. I've been here all these years in this. He, you know what? I'm going to go shoot his donkey. I can't take this anymore. So he goes in and he shoots the donkey. And Billy Martin's there. And all of a sudden, there's a little delay. And all of a sudden, cap, cap. Well, Mickey Mantle turns around, looks, and there's Billy Martin. Well, he's shot two of the cows. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, don't worry, Mick. I got two cows yeah. for him, too. We'll, we'll show him. Yeah, we'll show him. <laughs> oh. Uh, text coming in from Joe. Who's the artist that paints with the equipment? That's uh, Joe Myopic. And the name was Sam Woj, Samantha Woj. Uh, check out uh, either our Twitter account, her Twitter account. It's all over uh, our social media posts. It was quite phenomenal. To be honest, like the Connor McDavid picture is really cool. Yeah. But then uh, she does. I mean, all sports, all, 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 them, all yeah. equipment, and yeah. If you're looking for on social media, just Samantha W O J mm-hmm. is the I think her handle on most platforms: TikTok, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. Then she did the color one that we posted of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, which was I mean, she said yesterday in the interview, way tougher, a lot harder with colors. Got to dry the oil of the painting and and things like that. Uh, Playbook Vic has been sending out a couple things saying squirrel. I have no concept what that means, but this one, Vic, is a little better. Idea for baseball, KK. Can 1440 get a suite for Riverhawk games and give away tickets to listeners through contest, etc.? 1440 fans getting together with other fans and show hosts, producers, etc. for a good time in the summer. Nothing better than live baseball, a beer, and a hot dog. Out of all the text that Playbook Vic has sent in. Of all of his playbook ideas. Um, whether it be, should be no, the guys can't get traded. They, how do you trade a guy? He can't understand the playbook. This is outstanding playbook, Vic. I think it's something we can work on. We've, I think we have a really good relationship with all the professional sports teams in town. The River Hawks is one of the best. Uh, if you want to go to a sporting event and sit outside on a beautiful day and Playbook Vic is right, have a hot dog, you have a beer, the baseball's great, the product on the field is, uh, the game presentation is there. Randy Gregg, Steve Hogle have done just a remarkable job with the River Hawks. They've got great ownership. Moving forward, this team will be, uh, and the, you know, th- we were talking about it earlier in the year about the amount of, attendance that's been going to Riverhawk games. Now, if you go back to 2002 when the Edmonton Trappers won the PCL championship, they were averaging about 6,000-odd fans a game. That's AAA baseball. These guys, these are major league baseball players on the cusp uh, of moving on to the major leagues. They had a phenomenal team. Michael Kadire, Michael Restovich, Johan Santana, Casey Blake, the Trappers had a great team that season. Last year, we're looking at about, what, 4,000 and change for an average attendance for the Riverhawks at Telus, or sorry, at Remax Field. And they think that they are going to 
get closer to 5,000 next year with the way that the game is growing, the way the team is growing. I think it's just an outstanding product. We're looking forward to covering Riverhawks when they get going uh, in uh, the, well, again, it's a, it's a summer league because it's college players that are coming uh, from the States for a, a lot of them and a lot of Canadian players, a lot of local players who are down in the States as well. But uh, Duke will be going to some Riverhawk games. There's no question about that. Uh, Playbook Vic says 1440 bus from on the rocks to the Riverhawks suite. Man, Playbook Vicky's all over us today. He's been kind of, he's been silent. I guess when the Minnesota Vikings are bad, they lose their quarterback. Yes, Playbook Vic, I know you're a Vikings fan. I haven't won anything yet. Do you think the Vikings will ever win a Super Bowl? I, uh, I say this all the time on Fantasy Frenzy, partially as a jab at Connor Halley, but I think the Vikings and the Chargers are kind of like mirror images of each other. Um, just one conference to the next where they're mm-hmm. just mired in mediocrity and they might have some of the best players in the league. We see Justin Herbert, uh, Justin Jefferson. I, I, I will say this. If Kirk Cousins had not got hurt this year, I think the Minnesota Vikings could be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. What are they going to do? Do you think he goes back next year? I think that if it was any other quarterback, I would say there's no chance. But Kirk Cousins, we've uh, we got to know him a little bit through the quarterback uh, Netflix show last summer. He is like all, everything that you think is like a show or a front. He is just the most genuinely nice guy, family man. He's the Kurt Warner of current day quarterbacks, hundred percent. And I think if he like him staying isn't outlandish because it's like doesn't want to uproot the family again. They've been there. They seem to like it there. I think the fan he's base got lots of cash. Like he's. That contract he just is wrapping up with the Vikings. That is enough for three lifetimes over and your kids' he's, lifetimes he's got, over. He's got probably, you. some people will say he's got the number one wide receiver. Addison's coming on. He's going to be great. Hawkinson, uh, he said, probably missed the start of next season, yep. but uh, we'll be back. Like Everything leans toward the Vikings continue to be competitive, but if Kirk Cousins does not stay or if he comes back and is not the same quarterback, uh, following this Achilles injury. That's another whole story in itself. But, like, I, I saw one rumor going around that mm-hmm. Russell Wilson to the Vikings if they don't retain Cousins. I think that's a terrible idea. Russell Wilson is still an okay quarterback. The Vikings need, like, people love to hate on Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. but he he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league that started this year, both statistically, uh, like, deep dive. And, and, I mean, yeah, it helps when you have Justin Jefferson, but Jefferson got hurt, right? So, I, I, I don't know. I'm a huge believer in Kirk Cousins, I like him as a person. I like him as a football player. I'm a, I'm kind of like I'm a Texans fan, but like I always have a, I have a soft spot for the Vikings, partly because of uh, so much Jefferson ownership and fantasy over the years. But yeah, I'd love to see him go back. What are the actual chances of it? Uh-huh. Hard to say. I, I don't know. Got to be healthy for he's, sure. He's got to be healthy. I I think I think he goes back. There we go. How about that? I think he's back in uh, in a Viking sweater next year. What's on the go for the Duke this weekend? This weekend, Kevin, well, I think I might go donate blood right after work Ooh. today. Um, while I Before I get kind of settled in for the weekend, I'll dip over to the uh, CBS uh, by the university, pop in, get myself a little treat coming up. A little, a little nice, cookie. A nice cold can of Coke is one of my favorite oh. things they offer up. Uh, and then a few cookies, maybe a bag of pretzels for the drive home. Um, but then after that, yeah, Ducks uh, play the Jets tonight. That'll be my appointment viewing for 8 o'clock our time, nice and late. But then I could sleep in tomorrow and watch a couple football games tomorrow and then a full slate on Sunday. Like I said, uh, with all the running around I've been doing the past few weekends, Put your I'm, I'm kind of looking forward it. to just sitting at home and uh, maybe not getting up to too much of uh, of anything. You know, we talk about the Jets 
Actually, we should talk a little more about the Jets because they have a hell of a team. team. Hell of a team. Oh, my God. And, you know, the other day I was saying how tough the Metropolitan Division is, and it is tough, but the Central, the top three teams in the Central, oh, boy. I mean, Colorado and Winnipeg, they're fighting it out, and Dallas is right there, too. So, I mean, and Dallas has been doing it without Ottinger for a bit. That's going to be a heck of a race for the division title there. Based on how many shots and how lopsided that uh, Leafs-Ducks <laughs> game was earlier this week. What are we, what are we thinking tonight's so, going to look well, like? Well, I mean, but you're, you'll go back with Gibson, I assume? Gibson will go tonight, I uh, would think, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think a couple of the ill players, uh, hopefully back in the lineup for Anaheim, uh, Troy Terry, Radko Gudis. I mean, those, yeah. are, those are impact players for that team. Um, certainly missed them, but... It, I, and I saw this. This is just a quick... Uh, to wrap up that thought. So, the Toronto Sun, that next morning... They like their headline was something like Leafs uh, put 55 shots on no name goalie, come away with 2 1 win. Really? Like, this is the uh, NHL we're talking about here. Well, and it's the <laughs> and, he, and he was the rookie of the month. And it's the Toronto Sun you're talking about. There well, you go. Yeah, he was, he's the rookie of the month in October. You know, played a lot of games last year. I don't know. I mean, I, I know not everybody uh, is quite up to date with every roster move the Ducks make, like I might keep mm-hmm. tabs on. But I mean, I don't think he's a, a no name goalie per se. Thanks to our co-host, uh, Eddie Steele, 7 to 9 every Friday for Bonton Bakery. If you've uh, got to head to Bonton, please do so this weekend. And hey, if you've got a daily bread, celebration cake, everything you need for this weekend, go to bonton.ca. And our guest today, again, uh, Charleston Hughes, the fifth sack leader, fifth in sacks in the CFL history. Wow. Uh, Mark Spector, Daniela Ponticelli, Alan Pupar from alldolphins.com. Uh, we guested uh, yesterday with, I talked to Warren Fogel, yesterday we had the interview on today and Claire Hanna from TSN the 2008-2009 Canada West Libero of the Year hope everyone had a good show had some fun with us today we certainly enjoyed your company on the text line and people giving me jabs and taking some back we really uh, just enjoy the uh uh, when you are a part of the show, when you are integral part of the show, that's what it's all about. And thank you for listening on all our platforms, on uh, the radio dial, on uh, all of our uh, podcasts, on uh, all of our uh, apps, and on sports1440.ca. Uh, nothing but the best, our listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, it's Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Rashep Tebert. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn at uh, 12 o'clock. It is the lowdown with Alan Mitchell till 2 when Jason Greger drives us home on Sports 1440 from 2 to 6. Thanks for listening once again and have a wonderful weekend. Oilers and uh, Senators tomorrow night. Uh, thanks for listening. Up next is a Sports 1440 update with the Duke. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday morning at 7.